Welcome to Analyze Asia, the podcast dedicated to dissect the pulse of business, technology, and media in Asia. The show is sponsored by IdealWorkspace.com, which promotes a healthier way of working through their adjustable standing desks. Check out their latest smart adjustable standing desk at aspirus.co, A-S-P-I-R-U-S dot C-O, and linkshus.com, where you can sell your products everywhere. Hi, Vicky. Hi, Bernard. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. Welcome to LinkedIn. Yes, thank you for hosting me in such an early morning. So I'm talking to Vicky, who is the Head of Sales Solutions for LinkedIn, Asia Pacific and Japan. And just to be very honest myself, LinkedIn has been my favorite social network. Oh, thank you, Bernard. For the longest time. Before we get started, I want to talk to you about, you have a very interesting career before you. How do you actually get started in technology? Good question. And it really helps me um, sort of reflect to where I am today here in Singapore. I was born in South Africa. I started uh, after I left college in a, a very small system integrator company that was acquired by a tech giant. And that became McAfee Security, which is then acquired by Intel over time, another giant. My time in McAfee gave me exposure to all parts of the world. You know, how we operate in Europe, how we operate in Asia. And then over time, it, it brought me to Asia, it brought me to Australia. I was able to hold various Asia Pacific responsibilities, sell specifically to the Asian market get to understand how leaders engage. It took me from McAfee to a company called NetSuite, which is an Oracle company, to Adobe. I've been with Adobe in here in Singapore for seven years and uh, now with LinkedIn for two years. So in your career through McAfee, NetSuite and Adobe, what are the kind of uh, lessons that you've learned from working in the technology area for the past 15 years? Really good question. It's all about transformation. It's about how are we progressing as individuals. I've had some great life lessons that really have helped me think about what's important to me. There are a few areas that I think about, like why have I progressed in the way I have? The first area is, and it was brought to my attention very early on in life, is that I have an ability to get shit done. And w- when I say that is that when, when we have an idea, when, we, when we're able to think big and have big dreams, I can bring that to life. And that's why I love technology. Technology is all about the idea of how do you make dreams real? And all through, you know, my experience in tech, it's about how do we deliver that customer dream? And so I, so I love that. The other thing that's been really important to me is having a personal board of directors. And a personal board of directors are people that you've met in your life who you can go to and validate what you're thinking about potential next steps, challenges that you're going through that aren't necessarily tied to your field of interest, but actually have a vested interest in yourself. And so I've built this personal board of directors over my 15, 20 years in technology, and they are so important to me. I hold them near and dear to my heart. And even though we've all grown together over time, they really help me like retrospect into what's important. When I think about my values, when I think about culture, when I think about you know, driving forces in sales environments. These are the people that keep me real. And that reminds me of a book called The Startup of You, which is written by your founder, Reid Hoffman. So, which comes to LinkedIn. It talks about the network fund, correct? Absolutely. So you are now the head of sales solutions for LinkedIn in Asia, Pacific and Japan. What is your role and responsibility in LinkedIn? Absolutely. A couple of things. I've, I've been in sales leadership for a while. 
And one of the biggest challenges as a sales leader that I found was the ability for our sales teams to be successful through the limited data and knowledge and relationships that they had. And when I was approached with the LinkedIn opportunity to lead sales solutions for Asia Pacific, the one area that drew me into furthering my discussions was around how do we help salespeople be more successful? People, they st- we still don't have how to be an expert salesperson in, in our curriculum. Schools don't teach how to be salespeople. When I go out to universities and I ask people, who wants to be in sales when they grow up or as their next role, no one puts their hand up. And so there's this stigma around sales, which I really want to overcome. And so the mission of, of LinkedIn Sales Solutions is around elevating the sales profession. Just as a quick intro, maybe you can also tell our audience what is LinkedIn and where what does it do? I know it's a professional social network, but I think it has grown much more than that these days. You have using like for example sales solutions to drive to help sales teams to be able to drive up more ROI in sales so and also the marketing solutions and the recruiter solutions sure. which a lot of companies are using so maybe you can give us a quick intro absolutely so LinkedIn is the world's largest professional network we currently have 380 million professionals on the platform globally today in Asia we are seeing incredible growth so specifically to to Asia Pacific let me talk about some of our numbers we help all of our professionals be more productive and successful and as well as help companies hire market and sell so as far as numbers are concerned we established ourselves in 2009 here in apac we have 10 offices across across asia pacific and 73 million members the us has around 118 million members and the second largest member network is in india with 31 million and uh, we've seen significant growth so from 2009 when we were established india's grown 10x APAC has grown 4x. You know, in some of our very mature markets like Australia, 9 out of 10 professionals are on the platform, same as Singapore. And so we're seeing massive adoption. But being the world's largest professional network, it's around how we how we connect through conversations. How do we make our interaction with with each other and with the professional world meaningful? And also specifically, the platform has also localized this language in the different countries that they are in as well, right? Absolutely. So we have eight languages in Asia that we support. And you actually see a mix in how users across countries use our platform. Although it is localized, people do like posting in English or in Tagalog or in Bahasa. And so it's really good just to see Asia Pacific being represented in its true colors. When LinkedIn operates in Asia Pacific, does it need to sort of localize its own solutions to the market? I, I think I would just specifically tie to the way how sales solutions, which is your area of specialization, that I'm big on the notion of think global, act local, and we tailor our go-to-market strategies to our market. So we have a lot of flexibility in how we think about addressing customers' problems and challenges with LinkedIn's platform. So it's about relationships. We don't have a cookie-cutter go-to-market strategy across the world because that's not going to solve problems. It's not a one-size-fits-all. So from a product standpoint, we don't have a, a local product. We have a platform and we have a service that we deliver to our customers to help professionals be more productive and successful, but we do tailor our go-to-market strategies uh, to the countries in which we're engaging. So we're very specific around the market and the market opportunity. Which basically lead me to thinking about some of the sales solution case studies. I think the, one of the interesting one was the Macquarie's Telecom in Australia. I think it's a telecommunications company. Maybe you can tell me a little bit about the objectives that LinkedIn sales platform is trying to solve and how did that help them 
in the process. Sure. And I wonder if I can cover a little bit more than Macquarie Telecom. Maybe we can talk about it more general and then we specifically go down. Absolutely. Mm. so the buying process has changed for all of our companies. And because we're connecting the world's buyers with Asian sellers, we need to make sure that we're meeting our buyers, right, where they actually buy. And so the problems that we're typically solving is how do we help salespeople identify decision makers within their territory? That's the biggest problem that salespeople have today. How do we help companies emerge into new regions where they don't have relationships today? How do we eliminate the cold call? Because no one's taking cold calls anymore in favor of the warm introduction. How do we support our B2B buyers who are doing most of their research online? We know, according to IDC, that 76% of B2B decisions are done through warm introductions and through their own network. They prefer to engage this way. And so those are typically the problems that, that we're addressing. And so what we do with companies like Macquarie Telecom or SAP is we help them find relationships that move the needle in their business. And there's four particular areas that we focus on. The first is, how do you find the right people? How do you find the people that you need to sell to? If I'm an organization and I'm selling to a CIO, I know that the CIO is no longer the only person who makes a decision. There are now six people in every decision-making process. And if I'm going to rely on one person making a decision, I'm going to lose that deal. Right. So how do I get to head of digital? How do I get to the head of legal to make sure my contracts are going to go through? So it's around finding your audiences. The next is, do you have a brand? Like every single salesperson needs to have a professional brand because customers are researching them. Are are these sellers credible? Who else have they sold to? What are people saying about them? And then in turn, salespeople want to know about their buyers. They want to know, have there been any mergers and acquisitions? How can I engage with insights so that my discussion with you as a buyer is relevant? Because 80%, there's an 80% more likelihood that someone's going to speak to you if you know something about them. And it's, it's just a matter of course. In fact, when I think about you know the impact of warm introductions, I would much rather trust what people are telling me than actually read, read online around a whole lot of reviews that have mixed, mixed feelings and, and they've got mixed problems. Right, so so that whole referral network is is so important. The third area is we need to, we need to build trust over time, and we need to carry our relationships forward. And and typically, the the whole notion of eliminating the cold call in favor of the warm introduction is around just building those relationships, taking those relationships with you on your journey. And when you engage with customers, you add value, you're teaching them. You're not selling them anything, you're consulting with them and you're telling them things that are important to their industry. In the sales platform, how do you allow those four features that you were talking about to try to solve those sales problems? How does it work in the process? Right, so we actually measure that through what we call a social selling index. Oh, okay. okay. at SSI and just two weeks ago we actually now have the ability for every single member on our platform to understand what their social selling index score is and so so basically that's understanding the engagement so how connected are they have Mm. they found the right people that they want to engage with right right? are they liking people in their networks posts and content how are they sharing information and responding how are they publishing information and being a trusted advisor to their communities. And so we measure that activity and that engagement through something called a social selling index. One area that I'd I'd just love to focus on is here in Singapore specifically, the social selling index of our professional network is the same as the US. 
That's we have a social selling score of 26, which is the same as North America, and it's grown over time. So uh, it's grown considerably over time. And we're also seeing our other markets catching up quite quickly too. Mm. But I'm going to get back, drop back again to the earlier example that I wanted to ask you. Maybe tell me more about the story of the macro telecom, since we have an earlier discussion on that. Sure, sure. So, so Macquarie Telecom needed to address two things. The first, the first area was they needed to grow their new business. They have a very strong customer base, and by growing their new business, that they had some some metrics that that the street was measuring them by, right? And so they wanted to get into new markets, and so we helped them get into new markets and increase their deal size. And although it was a pilot, it's it's grown to something bigger than that, but finding new customers, finding buyers within their market and helping them emerge into new markets were the problems that we were addressing. We helped them achieve that in a period of six months. And so and so the team has actually been quite successful. They've grown from strength to strength, but it was all about growing their new business footprint, not just maintaining relationships with their customers. So in that situation, you help them to identify new leads and also try to do the sort of introduction and much more warmer way of connecting through the professional network itself. That's right. So what we did was we, we, we shared with them who their typical accounts should be. We shared insights, things that are happening in those accounts. We, sh- we, we help them discover who the people are that they need to be engaging and how they can be referred to those decision makers. So who in their network knows these people? That can that can make a warm introduction for them by using this kind of um, analytic data analytics. Mm-hmm. So it's actually allowing you better targeting of your customers in in that in that re- respect. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. But what about any other interesting uh, case examples that you want to talk about? That maybe I think Asia will be a much more interesting conversation. Sure. Sure. Let's talk about SAP, if you don't mind. SAP is a conglomerate we know has had success globally. But specifically in Asia, I I would like to share the success story that we've had with them. SAP are a wonderful customer of ours, very forward thinking and very engaged here. And they also have a very relevant Asia Pacific go to market strategy. For SAP, as they launch new products in new markets, what they needed to do was increase their deal size. They needed to increase the amount of customers that they were acquiring on average. So increase their deal size, more more new customers. And then they also wanted to make sure that they had a, a bigger pipeline, like mm. just in general, that they were touching more people, mm. right? And it's quite a competitive industry. And so what we helped them do was grow their pipeline in, by 40% in 30% of their time. They're Average deal size in one division went to 300K and they could attribute $4 million of revenue to warm introductions and using Sales Navigator Mm. in six months. Wow. And I think it's also, there's some Asia examples that come with the SAP case study as well, right? That's right. That's right. SAP has a lot of centralized teams. Mm, That's right. So they sell into like Hong Kong and markets like Taiwan and Malaysia and Indonesia and Thailand, but they don't necessarily have relationships in those countries. Mm. And so how do you sell something if you don't have a relationship, which is a foundational question on relationships mean everything. Relationships matter. And so what we helped them do was discover pre-existing relationships in markets where they did not have those relationships, leverage those relationships through their own professional network to actually get into those countries and win those deals. Ah, so the way I would think about it is if any multi-corporation wants to come into Asia, for example, and wants to build a relationship, so your platform is able to help them to actually create those connections and actually go into the right networks 
at the right point. It's almost like a form of a micro-targeting these days they call it in, in social selling. Exactly. And so what we find with a lot of organizations, especially here in Asia, as we emerge out into markets like North America, Canada, and Europe, is they don't have relationships. How do we help them discover relationships within their own personal network that are going to help elevate their brand? Are there any more interesting stuff you want to talk a little bit more about the LinkedIn sales solutions? As in, what do you think the impact you would have as it as it moves forward for organizations? Do you see more and more organizations do this form of network targeting or is, are they still going to be blind broadcast? Which I don't think this is happening in today's world <laughs> with, with in terms of uh, getting sales, right? Absolutely. Social selling is inevitable. In fact, Asia is a really interesting example because Asia's foundation is built on relationships. I will not buy from somebody who I don't know, right? If you if you have a product that's less than a packet of sweets or candy, you, you're going to want to have a relationship with somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's really interesting to think about how relationships have changed how we do business over time. If I think about when I started selling in 1990-something, it was all around the relationships and who can refer me. And I just valued those referrals. Every single time I would sell something, I'd ask my buyer if they could refer me to someone. And then this whole notion of call centers and, and outsourcing our jobs became you know a big highlight and they thought about scale and emergent strategies and it made sense for, for the world. However, relationships were lost in the process. And that's where it was just about dialing as many customers as you could get and it was cast the cast the net strategy and let's see how many fish come back it wasn't about building relationships and and providing long-term value and over time over time we've realized that we've lost the relationships and the power of the human connection and we're bringing that back that's something that's absolutely changing through social selling. And it's not something that's new. In fact, since since uh, sales solutions have been around, it's around how do we make sure that relationships are the heart of everything we do? So we're almost going in a circle around relationships have always mattered to us. Mm. Technology then helped, helped us scale and grow, but relationships also were at a cost of, of, of how we thought about how we do business. In Asia, actually, it's interesting because relationships have always been the forefront of, of how we engage. And so that relationship and that touch was not lost as much. And so so now we're thinking about, okay, hold on, how do we how do we maintain that trust? How do we maintain that not just relationship around how we how we do business together, but who we invest in, who we trust? how we scale, how we think about business partnership and joint ventures. Who do we want to go into business with and why? Who else knows them? What's the experience been with them? How can we research that? And so all of those, those, those sweet spots around relationships are, you know what, let's put relationships with the core of what we do. That becomes social selling. The simple act of me looking at your profile before I visit you, understanding what posts you've written, and what's, what's really important at, at the heart so that I can have a meaningful discussion with you. And so those are the areas that we think about that are, are so important around social selling is understanding who my buyer is, connecting with them, having an emotional feeling around where we're going and how I'm going to help solve a problem that I know is very important to you. Mm. So that comes to my penultimate question. How do you think executives should leverage on LinkedIn to sort of help to create their own personal brand. I think you mentioned about the personal brand thing mm-hmm. at the very beginning. I think also what I was also, because I've also went through your profile and you have done a lot of some work with women leadership as well. Maybe you want to talk a little bit about specifically to that as well. 
Absolutely. A leader's personal brand is so important, not just around uh, outlining what's important to them and the role they play and, and having a little bit about the jobs that they've had, but being an aspiration to employees within their organization. You know, when you think about different levels within an organization and you have an intern joining your company and you, you ask that intern, where do you see yourself one day? You know, looking up at the CEO and going, I want to be this person, this is the jobs he's done, it's been a similar trajectory to what I'm I'm planning on doing. How do you build that inspiration through your personal brand? How do you how do you um, leverage you know your learnings and illustrate your learnings? How do you continuously think about you know sharing? Uh, we do a lot of long form uh, post sharing and publishing on the platform, and we have around three million posts once since since we've opened that up to the market. But when you think about you know senior executives on the platform. It's about that sharing. It's the role they play in the market to help, you know, teach people the experiences that they've gone through, to help recognize, you know, the diversity and the inclusion of what people who are aspiring to them are going to go through. And it's, it's the lessons that they want to share to help people become richer in their career journey. So my final question, Vicky, how do my audience find you? On LinkedIn? <laughs> <laughs> Your audience find me through Vicky Skip and based here in Singapore. Welcome to Connect With Me. Please connect with Insights. Tell me something about yourself. Don't just send me a, a, a request because if I don't know anything about you, it's going to be hard for me to accept your, your invitation. And you can find me at bleongcw or at bernardleong.com or subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud. Please leave your ratings, one to five star. We are always ready to listen to feedback. And in any case, Vicky, a big thank you for coming on the show. It's my pleasure, Bernard. Thank you so much for having us.